Hi, I'm Heather Bruschetti at the Business Council of New York State. I'm the president and CEO, and now I am the host of this podcast called Connect, the Business Council podcast. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the Connect podcast. I am your host, Heather Bruschetti Mulligan. Um, For those who are regular listeners, yes, there's a new last name on my last name, so um, I did get married. Um, and uh, I'm currently trying to keep things very complicated by having both last names. This episode, we're talking to Patrick McKenna, Vice President of Communications at Naira. Patrick oversees communications for the Belmont and Saratoga racetracks, and I I hear that Belmont is wrapping up this week or maybe next week, and then uh, folks will be headed up to Saratoga for the Saratoga summer meet. this year, the track has some new and exciting venues and a lot of other things for fans. So Patrick, will be discussing these things today. And so thank you, Patrick, for joining us. Um, so let's start with, Liz, yeah, hi. Uh, let's start with the simple question. Uh, Saratoga opened in 1863. Why is Saratoga so iconic and, and such a, a legendary destination for racing? I think that Saratoga, it's, it's sort of a secret sauce. And I think that you correctly started with that date, 1863. The history, the traditions that exist in, in Saratoga are unlike that of certainly any other racetrack in the world. When you think of the fact that we're this summer, we'll be running the 154th Travers. Um, you know, it, it's, I think that the generations of of fans both um both intense racing fans casual sports fans have made that summer pilgrimage an annual tradition because of um because of of the nature of the venue the expansive backyard that allows you to to enjoy an an afternoon in what amounts to a park um with the advantage of world-class racing right around the corner you know, it, it's it's Saratoga Springs itself. There are very few small cities in America that offer the breadth of of hospitality, of entertainment, of cultural destinations that that Saratoga Springs does. You think of SPAC, um, the Springs themselves. <clears throat> so many different things to do and enjoy, and the fact that it's the gateway to the Adirondacks and to Lake George and Lake Placid and all of those destinations that are rightly so popular. So, um, and, and there's also the, the scarcity um, aspect to Saratoga. It's not, a, it's not, Saratoga Racecourse is not year round. Um, it's just 40 days and those 40 days fly in the blink of an eye, um, especially when you're on, on my side of, of, of the aisle looking at it um, from where we are. So it, it's, it's also a 40 day celebration of everything that's kind of right about, um, about the world, um, about something that's as exciting and rife with tradition as horse racing. So um, it's got the kind of mix that you can't come up with in a lab and that's what makes it so magical. Yeah. And so you said 40 days and I guess for uh, just kind of for, for people who are listening, the, uh, the 2022 season at Saratoga Racecourse uh, starts on Thursday, July 14th, and it finishes up on Labor Day, Monday, September 5th. Um, and after the four-day opening weekend, racing is Wednesdays through Sundays, um, except for closing week when the meet ends actually on Labor Day, which is which is a Monday. 
And that's kind of changed around a little bit. I mean, I will tell you that early in my career, I worked for a lawyer, Fred Ackerman, uh, actual F. Stanton Ackerman went by Fred, who um, was sort of one of these um, co-owners in a bunch of different horses. And he would um, be basically out of the office every day, except Tuesday, for the month of August, because back then racing was just the month of August and track was closed on Tuesdays. Can you talk a little bit about the changes in the days of racing and extending the season and all that and, and why? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, traditionally, Saratoga was the August place to be. It opened up on August 1st and closed on August 30th. And that was that, you know, in, in recent years, I, in the past, say, you know, sort of 15 years, there has been some movement to that schedule. The most significant move was, um, extending it to 40 days back in, I want to say 2009 or 10, but then what we did more recently was um, reduce the, the race week to five days and expand the total time of the meet by a week. So instead of opening up the last week of July, we now open up in the middle of July racing, as you said, Wednesday through Sunday with both Mondays and Tuesdays as dark days where Prior to that, it was just Tuesday. We ran through Monday. Um, you know, and I think, again, people are so passionate about Saratoga. There are strong opinions about nearly everything we do, um, nearly everything that gets done on that property, because people feel like it's part of their own heritage and so much a part of, of their own experience. So that was relatively controversial at the time. Um, but fortunately, the business of Saratoga has never been stronger. We, we made that move in, in two, prior to the 2019 season. We established an, a new handle record in 2019, nearly broke that record again in 2020, despite having no fans on the property due to COVID, and then did break that record again in 2021. So the popularity of, of Saratoga is at an all-time high. And in reality, what we've heard from uh, business owners from our friends in the hospitality industry in and around Saratoga and throughout the capital region is that their summers have, have never been more successful, that they didn't actually see fans staying on Sunday night and visiting bars and restaurants on Sunday night because the track was open on, on Monday. It was a different kind of, um, and Monday was, it, it was a different sort of a day. And I, I think that you'll talk to you hear from especially the, the local crowd in Saratoga and around Albany, it was absolutely a quiet, sort of relaxing environment, which I think is what people were attracted to and why people um, why people thought that, you know, maybe that's a day that, that should stick around. But we're at five days. We're, we're really comfortable with a five-day race week um, across those you know, starting in mid-July. And what it also does is provide trainers and jockeys and um, the entire racing ecosystem with two days to breathe. And I think it's important because it has become a longer meet. It's important to be able to, to provide the highest level of, um, of customer service to deliver that quality fan experience. And I think that's best. It, it certainly feels like that's best accomplished on a five-day work week. Yeah. Yeah. And, I, and so I, I will say, I mean, I, in my lifetime have spent, you know, a fair amount of time up at the track from, you know, bringing my 
son, Hunter, who's now 25, when he was probably five years old, we went up and uh, went to breakfast and, and went and watched um, horses run around the exercise track and all that. And I actually, I own uh, two former raised horses, one who raced at Saratoga, I think Saratoga, actually, I'm not positive, um, but was terrible. He came in dead last every time he ran. His, his, uh, his racing name, Naira name was uh, Classy Cat. Um, and okay. then I have another who was a Finger Lakes um, horse. Uh, his name was uh, Silver Cavalier. And he started 63 times and was in the money more than half of the time. Um, and then wow. was a pony horse at Belmont. So I, you know, I have this sort of affection for the whole, the, um, you know, what I look at as the very pristine uh, treatment of the horses and, and just the experience of, of watching them as they're coming up to the starting line and all that. But I mean, it's not just about placing bets and winning money, right? It's a unique experience. And Ed, can you, can you talk a little bit about what there is at the track for families, you know, to see, um, to really get a flavor of, you know, it's not like the old, you know, the old movies, everyone's sort of standing at the rail, smoking cigarettes and dropping <laughs> right. and batting slips, right? Right. Uh, and that's, that's great to hear that you have some retired thoroughbreds. You know, I actually, we just put out an announcement today about our second annual New York State Thoroughbred Aftercare Day, which is happening at Saratoga on July 21st. And it's a way for a bunch of different aftercare groups, Thoroughbred Aftercare Alliance, Take Two, to come together and um, sort of celebrate and educate the public about our investment and um, in in retraining and rehoming horses once the racing days are over. So um, that's great to hear. But yeah, in ter- the the actual venue. I mean, we've the. the under certainly under Dave O'Rourke's leadership, the president and CEO, um, the priority is to honor the history and traditions of a venue that has certainly stood the test of time, while also upgrading and enhancing the guest experience by providing you know differentiated hospitality options, um, new areas from which to you know to enjoy a day at the races. The 1863 Club comes to mind immediately. That was completed in. 2019 and was really the the largest construction project at Saratoga since uh, the completion of the grandstand. So that's a three-story climate-controlled building that replaced some temporary trailers that, believe it or not, had existed at the first turn for many, many years. You you may have even been to an event or two in those temporary trailers. They're the kinds of things that PGA Tour events used, you know, 25 years ago. So it was high time to to upgrade that and to be able to provide a restaurant environment, which is really popular. It's it's um, you know the racetrack is an interesting place because what we've seen is that fans are much more attracted to areas where they can roam, where they can sit sit down when they want, when they can um, when they can walk around a little bit and 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 not be stuck to a, a bleacher seat, which we still offer in certain you know and, and people still like to, to take that avenue. Uh, but the 1863 club is really, really a game changer in terms of, uh, you know, being able to offer large groups with an appropriate location to have those corporate events, which obviously drive tourism, drive the economic impact that, um, that we p- feel responsible for, not just inside the gates, but also 
outside the gates. And then you sort of just tick down the list. I mean, some of the projects are, um, are always going to be much more obvious, like those fan-facing improvements, the, the new paddock suite on the paddock, the 1863 club. There are uh, what we've referred to as spa verandas at the, all the way at the other end of the, the grandstand opposite of the 1863, which again, outdoor areas appropriate for a group of 15 to 20. Uh, you know, you can bring your own food and beverage in some of these loca locations. Other locations are, are weight service. And then there's always the traditional, you know, backyard picnic table, which is the way that I grew up going to Saratoga, um, you know, yeah, with right. friends, yeah, with friends and family. Up. Yeah, exactly. you show up on Saturday, 4 a.m., wait to get your, your picnic table with your cooler and yep. all, yeah, all and it's, that. It's always, I think it's, you know, it's always about adding new elements while being particularly attentive to not um not not removing things especially at a place that's so that's so traditional like saratoga yeah so and i mean one of the other things about saratoga that's kind of special is there's always some some celebrity um that is there that you might not be aware of until until you actually almost bump into them um, I know you've got the Budweiser Clydesdales coming this year. I'm a, I'm a big favorite fan of, of them. I, I obviously love horses, but uh, what other big guest appearances do you have uh, in store for, for this meet? We have Bernie Williams will be making an appearance. He's doing an event in the paddock suite, actually a meet and greet with fans. That's uh, very yeah, no, that's, and I think there's always going to be a natural, a natural connection between athletes and Saratoga. Uh, Charles Oakley will also be making the trip up north to do a similar meet and greet in that paddock suite. There's additional information on these events for your listeners at naira.com. And you're right, I, I, can, I can't come up with any specifically right now, but uh, I remember Sean White being there, the snowboarder, uh, yeah. relatively recently, which was a surprise. Um, the, uh, the manager of Manchester United was actually there one day in a box, totally unassuming. I don't think he was recognized until he walked out, out of the building. And then lots of, of, uh, of folks from the entertainment world because of the proximity to SPAC. And that's always fun. Yeah, yeah. So, um, But the real celebrities are the horses on track, as we like to say. Yeah, agree, 100%. And <laughs> lots, of, lots of very, very uh, famous horses have, have raced at Saratoga. Um, there's some good movies about them too. So, um, so speaking of racing, um, what are the, what are the big, big races this year? I know Travers, um, is the one with the biggest purse, but can you, can you talk a little bit about the signature races? Sure. It, 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 it's not hyperbolic to say that every race at Saratoga is important. If you're, um, you know, to win even that, to win your first race as a trainer at Saratoga, I think is a, is a memory that those who are lucky enough to do it will cherish forever. And sure, there, I mean, there's outsized attention on the big Saturdays, especially the Travers and the Whitney, which are the centerpieces of two of the finest overall programs, cards of racing anywhere in the country during any given summer. Um, but every Saturday, you know, we have, we'll, we'll offer 77 stakes worth, you know, close to 22 million in, in total purses. And that'll run the gamut from, um, you know, all sorts of conditions, you know, the stars of the sport certainly descend on Saratoga 
every summer. You know, the Travers is always, I think, interesting, especially to the perhaps more uh, more mainstream sports fan, because that's where you see the horses that would have competed in the Triple Crown. Um, so we always look forward to that at the tail end of the summer. I feel like it's a it's a misnomer to refer to it as the Midsummer Derby because it do, does take place just a week before Labor Day. But I'll uh, I'll leave that conversation yeah. to another day. Um, but every day at Saratoga is is special. And, and if you're you know if your listeners are able to, to make it up there on a Saturday afternoon, um, you know we've also worked to to add some stakes to Friday afternoons. You know that's a it's a really nice time to be there. I can I have pretty vivid memories of standing on the apron, you know, sort of against the setting sun, and you're able to take in some really excellent racing. Um, you know, and we've seen over the past three to five years that you know our customers, racing fans, more often than not, are coming on Friday rather than staying late into Sunday. So it's why why we've added some really quality stakes races to to the Friday afternoons. And I mean, for, for someone who shows up, I mean, and for loyalists like myself to New York, there are races mm-hmm. that are like all New York breads. And you can actually tell when you look at the program, horses yep. that are New York bred, right? And it's a huge industry in New York. I mean, I it, think, or maybe if you yeah. can touch on that a little bit. Oh, sure. Sure. Absolutely. I mean, I'll take a step back. First and foremost, uh, Naira is the cornerstone of an industry in New York that's responsible for 19,000 jobs, you know, nearly $3 billion in annual economic impact. And so much of that is outside the racetracks themselves. You're talking about 200 small, medium, and large farms that are, um, that are working farms, employing people to run those operations. So when you start to think about the numbers, uh, that that's why the, the sport beyond the excitement and enthusiasm and everything we're lucky enough to get to see on track, you know, it drives an industry that is hugely important to the New York state economy in a number of different ways, not just driving tourism and hospitality, but also in the agricultural sector. It's the second biggest agribusiness in the state. It's also responsible for preserving a tremendous amount of green space, which continues to be important. The New York Bread Program, which we just mentioned, is as strong today as at any point in its history. The Breeding and Development Fund is um, is certainly certainly plays a role in that. But um, you know, it, it's it's hugely important. It's impactful in nearly every corner of the state with respect to good paying jobs for, for New York families. Yeah, well, I can, I can, you know, vouch for the fact that there's a um, sort of continuing economic impact because now my, my two uh, former racehorses here are engaged primarily in manure production, um, which requires a lot of, uh, I would say, support for my local agway. Um, I'm like a one-man economic engine over here with my two guys um, buying buying feed from Agway and and favings for their bedding and all of that but they are they're wonderful animals and and uh, I do I I think thoroughbreds are sort of a breed apart when it comes to horses I've got I've got five and two of them are thoroughbreds and they're amazing okay Okay. Um, and even even downstate at at Belmont Park I just the other day took a sort of a tour of the property, um, 
with some people who hadn't and hadn't been to Palm, Belmont Park before, and I think most most people are um, struck by the number of just the number of people occupying jobs at the track every day, but the the diversity of those occupations. I mean, sure, trainers who are operating small and medium sized businesses are are hiring, you know, 20, 25 grooms and hot walkers and and the staff required to properly care for the horses. But then on our end, you know, we have 23 different labor unions. We have carpenters, pipe, you know, steam fitters, um, everything that it would that required to, you know, it's, it's a small village. So whenever anything um, breaks or, you know, a piece of equipment is malfunctioning, we're doing that work in house. And it's, it's important, again, not only in upstate New York, um, but throughout the state. Yeah, yeah. So you, you mentioned Belmont, take a take a couple minutes and talk about what's going on in Belmont, uh, at Belmont. I know they're, um, they're wrapping up there this week, right? We are. Yeah, the spring summer meet is always highlighted by the the Belmont Stakes just a few weeks ago, which was exciting. We had 50,000, roughly 50,000 in attendance, a little shy of that. And that's a significantly smaller number um, than prior to the pandemic. That's because of the construction of the UBS Arena, which has been a great addition to the overall property, but it's transformed the backyard into something different. So um, it was a a great, great crowd, really fun day of racing. We have just three live days left at Belmont this Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And then we will move the entire operation up to Saratoga, which is, is no small feat, especially considering the expansion of our television operation. You know, Saratoga will be on the networks of Fox Sports uh, more than 225 hours this summer. We first established a relationship with Fox Sports in 2016 when we launched Saratoga Live. And that has grown by, by leaps and bounds. It's been great for New York racing. It's been great for thoroughbred racing across the country because Fox is clearly committed to presenting high quality productions of uh, the finest the sport has to offer. So that's great. But um, it's, it is quite a Herculean task to get all of those TV trucks moved, all those elements that um, are largely behind the scenes in just a, a few days time. So it's always an interesting time of the year. Um, it kind of feels like summer camp is opening. You get up to Saratoga and set up your office and make sure everything's still working and the air conditioning is functioning, you know, those kinds of things. Yeah. But, uh, but it's, uh, it, you know, you always have to remember that it, it flies by and it will be September 5th before we all know it. And we're always sad to close up shop on a Labor Day. It really feels like the end of the summer, back to school, back to work, um, closing down Saratoga. But luckily, we're not there yet, and we are thrilled to be making the trip up 87 in a few days' time. All right. Well, in our last few minutes here, I just, at first, I'm going to start this off by telling a, a little bit of a true story, which is my, I think, first or second year um, after law school, I worked on a matrimonial case um, and the uh, the person who we were representing also taught handicapping at a local community college, and he gave me a sort of a, a miniaturized version of his his class and how to handicap and how to look at the sheets and figure out which horse to bet on. And I then promptly lost every bet that I placed for like five straight years, until 
I decided to just bet the red horse in every race. Um, so it, do you have any advice for people betting? How do you win? Is there, is there a, a magic formula? I don't think there is, you know, I, 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 yeah, I mean, I think that handicapping is an attractive pursuit because it's a puzzle. And at the end of that puzzle, you get to watch a race and either you're right or you're wrong or sort of somewhere in between, but it's, it's unrelenting and you can do it all the time. And, you know, not unlike, I don't know, a sport like golf, you're never going to perfect it. Everyone has their own style. Um, I'm relatively incompetent as a handicapper, I will say, (laughs) Um, even though I work at a a racetrack more days than not. But um, I think that when I, you know, when, when I'm talking to people who, who've never been to the track, who've never placed a bet, uh, don't overthink it, have fun, whatever that means to you, whether it's betting a gray horse or picking a name, picking a color, um, it's, it's all good. And it certainly does add some excitement to the day. It does. It makes it a lot of fun. Well, thank you very much, Pat McKenna. I really appreciate your time and uh, I'll see you at Saratoga. Great. Thanks so much. Thanks.